Welcome to Game Day Geeks with your hosts, James Mummert and Josh Davidson. I'm James Mummert. And I'm Josh Davidson. Welcome to another week of Game Day Geeks. Yeah, it's uh, quite the interesting week we have since there are a lot of shakeups in last week's college football rankings. Yeah, college football, by far last weekend was probably... I don't know, week th- there's been a couple good ones, like week three and a couple other weeks of college football, but last weekend was probably one of the most entertaining weeks of college football that we've had this entire year. Oh, yeah. So to give you a quick recap, Alabama's number one still. Ohio State moved up to number two. Michigan, since they lost, dropped to number three. They only dropped one spot. Clemson, since they lost, they dropped to number four. Louisville is number five. Washington, since they lost, they dropped to six. Wisconsin 7, Penn State 8, Oklahoma 9, and then Colorado's number 10. Yeah, I mean, this whole entire week, or even after Saturday, after all the conclusion of those games, I saw Twitter and all of social media immediately launch into where's people going to be ranked? What's going to happen? Everybody was confident Alabama would be one. Oh, yeah. That's a unanimous. Most people were also... Very confident that Ohio State would be two, but it was really three through six or three on that people were kind of con- like kind of surprised about or like concerned about, I should say. Yeah, I personally, I mean, before we did a little what do you think the rankings are going to be before uh, Tuesday, and I went Alabama, <coughs> Ohio State, and then I went Louisville, Clemson. And then Michigan, Washington. So I'm a little bit surprised, to be honest, about Michigan standing pat. I mean, they didn't even they didn't move anywhere. They just oh, you lost to Iowa. Yep. Here, you're still three. So I, mean, I think that just kind of goes to show how the committee views the Big Ten and how strong they think they are as a conference. I mean, there are four Big Ten teams in the top eight. You have Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Penn State, which and is not the first time that. Four has made it in the no, college football no, playoffs. No, but this is this is the first time since I can remember that the Big Ten has been favored as the the best conference in college football. And the funny thing about those four teams is they keep beating up on each other, and so it's going to really make it interesting to see how they look after the Big Ten championship and um, how the other t- how the other schools fare as far as Louisville and Clemson, and if they can continue to. Uh, if they can win out or if they're going to lose again. Because you said that Clemson was the most overrated team a couple episodes ago, and I said Louisville is the most overrated team. And so I'm I'm still under the impression Louisville might lose another game before the season's over. Okay, but they, I mean, so I was watching scores of games, and they were down 12 nothing or 12-3 to to Wake Forest, which, I mean, if you know anything about Wake Forest, they are a... <clears throat> primarily a basketball school i mean that's where tim duncan went and i want to say chris paul went there getting off off topic of course (laughs) because that's what we love to do but uh and then louisville scores 44 unanswered points or something like that and just demolishes wake forest wasn't that all in the second half too yeah at halftime it was 12 to 3 so they scored like over 40 points clemson i still i mean it makes my prediction a couple weeks ago or my thought a little bit more Valid, but I mean, Pitt is not a good team. No, and Clemson has been living on a prayer for 
too many times this year, to be honest. Uh, the the one game I can specifically think about is that game against NC State when they won 24-17. But NC State was lining up for a game-winning field goal at the end of regulation. Field goal kicker missed it, and then Clemson scored in overtime, first possession, and held held it off. But Clemson still has Wake Forest and South Carolina to go. And then you look at a team like Louisville, who weeks ago we said, man, that matchup with Houston is going to be the game of the year, potentially. It still could be a really good game, and that could still be the game they lose. Right, but the game has lost a lot of its luster since Houston Houston has basically fallen off of a cliff. They're still 8-2, though, so it's not that bad. But in Tom Herman or their school's eyes, is that a success to go to be 8-2? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That... I think the top, you know, just the playoff committee picture in general, there's a lot of potential scenarios that are fun to talk about that you can spend an entire podcast or entire radio show or, you know, spend hours and hours on. You can do an entire podcast just talking about the rankings. I mean, some of the other things that were surprising or interesting to me, uh, you look at a team like Oklahoma, who's now back in the top 10. Mm -hmm. So that gives a team like Ohio State victories over the number seven and number nine teams and the only loss is to the number eight team so that Penn State loss week by week is looking better and better oh yeah you got a team like USC who throttled well not throttled Washington but they they, that game was in control the entire time they climb back up they jump over some one loss they jump over West Virginia which is eight and one right so that's that's kind of crazy to me that West Virginia an eight and one team is behind a seven and three USC team when USC, the Pac-12, isn't all that great. The Big 12, I mean, it's not that good either. But West Virginia and Oklahoma are playing this week, so that's going to be a true uh, true test for both teams. But, but you look at a team like USC, though. Their very first game of the year, they got beat 52-6 by Alabama. That I'm going to pass that, excuse that loss right there, right off the bat. Then they lose to a Stanford team who's not been very good and a Utah team, which is actually... Um, still ranked up there in the top 15. So they have two losses to two teams ranked in the current top 15. And then they went on a winning streak beating Colorado. They beat Washington last week. I just think that the committee is respecting the, is not looking at the wins and loss column and they're respecting who they've played and what they've done. I mean, Utah is 12th in the country right now. Alabama's first in the country. That loss to Stanford. Stanford is ranked at 24, but I mean, I, I think what the committee is saying and I think what they're ultimately setting up for is you're we've talked about this scenario there's potentially going to be two teams that don't win their conference championship who end up with one loss Ohio State and Louisville is the committee going to leave out a team like a Penn State potentially like a Wisconsin potentially who wins the Big Ten title has more losses and and you know something like that so you know, are they going to leave them out, or are they going to bring in a team who's got one loss and makes it? Well, that's going to be a, a big thing for the committee because I think a lot of people, if if they don't go with the conference champions, if they start going towards who they feel is the better team rather than who wins championships, I think people are going to start going back to the whole BCS days and start worrying, oh, you're just going to start going with who you like more than who deserves it, that but kind of stuff. isn't that what we want with the college football playoff committee? What, I was think the, as a, what was the desire going from the BCS? I think as a conference champion, though, especially for one of the Power Fives, you should automatically 
get a bid. If, but if your conference sucks, why should you get like a bid? The, that's what I'm saying. There are five Power Five conferences. Uh, I'm pretty sure not. I mean, they're not all gonna suck, but but in a year where there's maybe if, one that's Wisconsin or Penn State win the Big Ten, who the committee obviously views as the best conference this year. If they win the, the Big Ten championship, they deserve to go. They won the strongest conference. Okay, so let's play a little game or a little scenario here. <laughs> let's automatically assume Alabama right now is in. Okay, yeah. let's not talk. Let Ohio State will be part of this scenario. Let's assume that Clemson is going to make it as well. Okay, so we're going to take because they're going to win the. Let's say they win the conference championship. So you've got a conference champion, Clemson. Conference champion Alabama, and then between that you've got Ohio State, Michigan, Louisville, Washington, and potentially Penn State or Wisconsin. Right? Mm-hmm. Is the commit? What if Washington wins the Pac-12? Are they in at with one loss right now? They still have to play uh, Washington State, and then they would have to play uh, they they would have to play the conference champion, which on the other side would probably be Colorado or USC if Colorado trips up. So is Washington is Washington going to be a shoe in if they win the conference championship this year? Well, that means they're going to be beating the number twenty two team in the country and the number ten team in the country. So that would probably help them out. It's really going to depend on the Ohio State Michigan game. Well, um, is Ohio State going to like? Will Michigan get destroyed by Ohio State? Will it be a really close game? Will Michigan end up winning? Um, well, are, the scenario here: if Mich- Michigan controls its own destiny, so mm-hmm. if Michigan wins against Ohio State. And they win this weekend, and then they win the Big Ten. They're they're automatically going to be mm-hmm. in. Nobody's going to question that one. But in this scenario, let's say Ohio State beats Michigan, okay, and doesn't go to the conference championship because Penn State would take yep. that tiebreaker. Yeah. So Ohio State will finish the year with one loss. Does the committee kick them out of the number two spot right now, or does do they say okay we're going to bring in Washington, we're going to bring in like a Penn State, and leave out Wash or we're going to leave out another team you know Louisville and Ohio State are in my opinion are in the same boat both with one loss both with the opportunity to be shut out of their conference title mainly due to the fact that their conference is the the guy the people on the same side of their conference you know they have the upper hand with a tiebreaker so I think it's interesting I think this year you'll see the loudest call you've ever heard for an 18 playoff mainly because this year makes sense you look at the top eight Alabama would absolutely wipe the floor with Penn State. Ohio State, Wisconsin. I'm basically going 1 8 2 Ohio State, Wisconsin, we've seen played it very close. Michigan, Washington, and then Clemson, Louisville, which would be a rematch. You know, all those teams, I think you could definitively say, except for the Penn State, in my opinion, and yes, Ohio State lost to them, but I think all the seven of those teams, maybe six, the first six, have a legitimate shot at, the, at a championship this year. Although Alabama just looks very, very good, so we'll see. Yeah, I, I just I think that it's gonna it's, cr- it's created a scenario where the committee is gonna have to explain themselves if and when the time comes when you've got let's say two one loss teams who aren't conference champions and you've got four conference champions or three conference champions you're gonna have to leave out either a champion or a team that a lot of people think is better than the conference champion. You know, Vegas currently says Ohio State. Alabama, the top two teams, Bama first, Ohio State. They those two teams would be favored over every other single team in the country on a neutral field. If if Ohio State wins out, um, even if they don't, I mean they're not going to win the Big Ten championship. 
I don't see the committee taking them out. I just simply don't. It seems like they like Ohio State. They think they're they're the number two team in the country, and they've they've always had a thing for them this season. It seems so. I don't think Ohio State's going to be going anywhere. They're going to be. They might not be two. They could drop down to four, but they're going to be in the playoffs. Alabama would be in the playoffs. Um, who was the, what was the other one you said? Clemson. We got Clemson and Louisville. Right. Assuming that Clemson would win the conference, yeah. they would so, be in. So are you going to leave out Louisville, Ohio State, or Washington? Basically, I think Louisville would get left out. I really do because Louisville's had a lot of close games. Um, I, I just hmm. this one's a, it's tough, man. It really is. I mean, here's the thing: by the time we come next week to do the next podcast, something could change. But well, there's really no trip here's up. Here's the thing: if if Louisville beats Houston, which this it's the last tough game they have because after Houston this week they have Kentucky. If Louisville beats Houston, then I don't think they. Oh, man, this is tough. It really is. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Biggest risers this week. LSU jumps back up eight spots. Uh, USC jumps up seven spots. The biggest loser this week by far, Texas A&M, who lost once again and is now 25th into the rankings. We've got Tennessee coming in at number 19, Florida at 23, Stanford at 24. So, I don't know. Boise State jumping in Western Michigan was kind of surprising to me. Western Michigan, I mean, ten and zero. Ten and zero hasn't gotten a whole lot of love, mainly due to the conference they play in. Yeah. I understand that, but Boise State jumping them with a loss, Western Michigan doesn't. Twenty twenty one, that does have implications for the for a um, a major bowl because it's the top ranked team out of that out of the non power five <coughs> is going to get that what we would call a BCS berth, one of the big bowls berths. So, uh, who knows? It, college football. I'm telling you, man, this year it has been by far more exciting than the NFL for me. And I'm not saying this is starting my NFL decline, but I'm putting it on the <laughs> audio record that, and it could be because the Bengals aren't doing super great this year or because <coughs> I suck at fantasy or any of those reasons. But uh, college football provides a lot of fodder to talk about. Well, there, there are so many, there are more scenarios with college football than there is with NFL. There's predictions, there's rankings there it's I I like college football in that sense more than the NFL but I like NFL more just because of the um I don't know just the nature of it well to each his own and speaking of the NFL anything jump out of you or jump out at you last week I mean I'd like to talk about the Steelers Steelers Cowboys game is the first thing um well that game was amazing yeah yeah it was the most entertaining NFL game I've seen this year. It was a it was a really good game. Obviously, I didn't like the outcome, but uh, I guess one of the big takeaways, well, a couple of takeaways. First takeaway is Pittsburgh's defense sucks. I'm not a fan of it. That secondary is not very good. The line's not very good. I don't know how many times Zeke ran through that line untouched, and what was it twice that he scored a touchdown untouched? Well, that big that screen plus play? yard screen. Those linemen yeah. huffing and well, they weren't even puffing because those dudes are in great shape. Yeah. But the yeah. the defense is is worrisome. The offense is not what it was last year. Um, Antonio Brown still making some pretty big plays. Le'Veon Bell still kind of doing well. But when it comes to saying that this season, like we were at this point last season, that they're the best players in the NFL in their prospective positions, that's that's not the case anymore. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't like it, but I think the the most exciting thing about it, even though 
uh, I'm not a Cowboys fan at all, is how Zeke and how Dak Prescott are playing. Those two guys, both rookies, both are potential candidates for MVP this year. Well, before, and I agree. Before we move to them, though, I wanted to talk to you about Big Ben because he made some comments after the game talking about the team's attitude and he doesn't know where it's coming from, whether that's the players that need an adjustment, the coaches, what. What is your sense? Like, what do you think? Oh, I think it's just frustration on his part. Four game losing streak. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of guys, no matter who you are, they're probably going to say something. Um, But. He's been with that team since 2004. He's got 12 years on it. He's been there longer than every coach that's been on there. I think when it comes to saying things, uh, he has earned the right to say certain things. It's not that I necessarily agree that he should say them or anything like that, but as a tenured player with that organization, as the quarterback and the, the leader of the team, um, I I don't if you want to call people out for not playing well and not doing their jobs, call them out. But I don't think they should do it publicly. But what do you see as the problem with the Steelers? Like, is it the defense? Is it? I mean, because the offense isn't blazing any trails here. Oh no, I, I think it's the defense more than anything. Um, obviously, Ben getting hurt didn't help anything. He is always when he gets hurt, he's slow to come back. The first game back is always really rough. The second game, not so much. This week, they're playing Cleveland. So I'm hoping with it being his third game back, he'll go back into his usual form. Uh, But the defense is not good. The offense really isn't that good either. They're not really firing in all cylinders. As for the coaching, the... (laughs) I mean, this time, or last year, the Steelers went for two quite a bit. And they were saying if you get if you go for two and you get over fifty one percent of your conversions, then it's worth it. And it, that's it makes sense. Um, to start off the game this last week, they went for two conversions and missed both of them. So there's two potential points they could have. Sure. Chris Boswell missed. Uh, I think he missed one field goal or two field goals. I can't remember. Even though that one that he missed was fifty five yards. Either way, um, I I don't I don't know who's to blame the most I think in my opinion the defense is uh, the coaching is still the that trick play that spike that they were going to go with at the end of the half they fake the spike pass it Antonio Brown touchdown um, the good news is is that the AFC North is a dumpster fire it's horrible Cleveland is over it is 10 horrible. Uh, the Bengals lost again by one point on Monday uh, to the Giants Baltimore did win so they're five and four in first place Pittsburgh four and five Cincinnati three five and one well speaking of coaching real quick with the Bengals what's your opinion on Marvin Jones because there are a couple people who for the longest time was defending Marvin Jones and his coaching and then after that game on Monday you mean Marvin Lewis that's what I meant I'm sorry Marvin, Marvin jo- Lewis Marvin Jones is a wide receiver like, I was well, Marvin Jones if you can coach <laughs> uh, he might want to worry about being Marvin a wide receiver Lewis. first off I was just looking at my fantasy team and I don't want to put Marvin Jones in very well anyway uh, Marvin Lewis a lot of guys who were defending him for the longest time are no longer defending him and almost calling for his head so what's your well, opinion on it being a Bengals fan well, I've been saying for a long time, Marvin has got some strengths and some weaknesses. Strengths typically being that he can take some players who are not of maybe the highest caliber or who have got some off-the-field issues, and he usually finds a way to get the best out of them for the most part. Although those guys still sometimes slip and have tendencies and get in penalties and stuff like that. 
his biggest, one of his biggest glaring weaknesses of his entire tenure with the Bengals, which is the second longest in the NFL, by the way, behind Belichick, is that his time management, clock management, challenge management skills are awful. It happened once again in the game with the Giants, but every game it seems like they're calling timeouts when they shouldn't be. He's challenging terrible things where the gain might be like a two-yard completion and it's still second down as opposed to using challenges when they need to be used and when it makes sense. So I've been not a fan of Marvin for a while. The fact that they've gotten to the playoffs is great. He still hasn't won a playoff game. I I kind of understand the plan of what I think they want to do, but I think it's time that Marvin does go. Now, there's been talk or mention or thought that Marvin might step into a GM role and they bring somebody else in as a coach. But you let your two most successful slash, I think, best opportunities walk out the door and become head coaches. Mm -hmm. You let Hugh Jackson and Mike Zimmer. I love both of those guys, but I really love Mike Zimmer. He's a defensive guy, which a lot of times defensive head coaches do struggle a little bit in the NFL because you got to be able to score those points. And if you, like, I don't know, Hugh Jackson at 0-10, I've read some articles that say that they might clean house again. I don't think it's going to no. happen because you can't give a coach one year no matter if you go 0-16 yeah. or 8-8 eight eight or 4-12. and You still stink. He'll have another have chance. at least three years for but a coach. they should have probably tried to give – Hugh that job last year or the year before that or given Zimmer that job a couple years ago and they haven't so Cincinnati has got an identity crisis I I don't really know I can't pinpoint what it is the defense is no good either I mean the defense is not anywhere it's funny because they have seen North several years ago the defenses were some of the best in the league and now this year well the defenses defenses when they played each other, they played games like the SEC a lot. When you get LSU, Bama, this oh, you know lights struggle out, for field position kind of things like that. <clears throat> now, you, I mean, yeah, you can just throw in anybody, you can run on anybody, and it's like there's no strengths whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm not sure about the AFC North. But back to your point with Dak and Zeke, I mean, those guys. I am oh. flat out just impressed I, with the Cowboys. I really hope Zeke can rush for 2,000 yards this season, which is possible it's, at this point in the game. It's certainly possible. Uh, the, <clears throat> the Cowboys in general are just clicking. And finally, 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 Tony Romo had a conference. First time speaking to the public yesterday. It was very classy. I hope if you haven't seen it or listened to it, you at least get a chance to listen. He basically seeded the team publicly to Dak Prescott, yeah. which I think is great because Jerry Jones has been playing around the entire time. Well, do you, we're playing the hot hand. Jerry we're going to play the hot hand. Jason Garrett hasn't said anything. Well, of course he's not going to say anything because he's basically Jerry Jones's puppet. I understand, but it's ridiculous, and the media just eats this up. Well, finally, Tony Romo put it to rest. He said, listen, Dak's the he's earned the right to be this quarter, the quarterback of this team. I think it takes a big man to say something like that. Because quarterbacks typically the ones that got the egos, oh yeah, and things like well, that. Tony Romo was never really a quarterback that, when you think of egos, you think of him as having one. He's, right, he's but he's been still a, the guy that dated Jessica Simpson and went on vacation the week before the play. Like, there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of things. But I'm do, saying doing res- dumb things is not the same as having just a built up ego like some of these players have. But the fact that he came out and said yeah. it publicly, I think it's Jerry Jones. Him. I think Jerry Jones should. Pay Tony Romo 
you know, or thank him because he said what Jerry now doesn't have to say and doesn't really yeah. want to say. Now, you could say that they're saying this just to keep Dak motivated or whatever, but I think it's, I mean, this guy has already proven to you that he's got the skills. And Dallas is going to be a force to be reckoned with, with a long time for a long time. If mm-hmm. Dez can keep his, his own mind, you know, clean and try to stay on the field, those three are eerily reminiscent of well, Aikman, Emmett, and Irvin. Dak Prescott, his father passed away before, uh, I think it was last week, so I'm pretty sure that probably it's like reverberating with him. He's going to get a little bit more focused as a result. So, uh, yeah, they <laughs> it's going to be good. Remember one of the first few weeks that we did our podcast, we were talking about rookie uh, rookie quarterbacks who we think are going to be the best ones come the end of the season. I don't think either one of us picked Dak Prescott. Yeah, I'm not. I don't think so. I think I went with Hackenberg because I wanted to go off. We said in fi- the question and was in five years who's going to be. I remember oh, this was a question. Was? Okay, in five years, which of the rookie quarters are we going to look back and say that was the best one? I said Hackenberg because I think everybody was going to go Windsor Golf. Mm-hmm. You went with Wits, who was that looked like a real good pick after the first three or four weeks. <laughs> He's kind of come back to earth, but yeah. still a long time. Certainly looks like Dak Prescott kind of has his stuff together. And Jared Goff this week will be starting get his first snaps in the yeah, regular finally. season. I, they they must just not like him as a player to make it go this long because Jeff Fisher, Captain Eight and Eight, has been saying for a while. It's not our. It's not our quarterback play. It's not our quarterback play. Okay, well, what is it? Yeah, they've you scored. scored tw- you scored three points. Twenty six points in the last three games is what their offense is. But up. it's not your quarterback. Yeah. It's certainly is it your running back? That where you at, Todd Gurley? But oh, while we're on the NFL, let's go ahead and talk about the Justice League. Oh, yep, yep. Finally, yep. you're happy. Uh, I'm, yeah, finally, <laughs> I am happy enough to talk about it. Last week, uh, I had a thirty point victory. Uh, so now you were still up five to three. You're, I mean, you're still up comfortably, but yeah. at least I stopped the bleeding temporarily. Uh, Hopefully, I had, it's just a band aid. I kind of had big a big week from uh, Zeke Elliott. I mean, he scored I, like thirty something. I can't something. hate on Zeke very much because I won one of my fantasy leagues by less than one point. I think it was like point eight six because of Zeke. That last run where he scored a touchdown against the Steelers, costing the game for him, sucked. But it also won me that game, right. so it's just the nature of fantasy. <laughs> had it been had we been doing PPR scoring, I would have absolutely dominated because Larry Fitzgerald had like fourteen catches for one hundred forty yards. Guy, man, he is He's timeless. Time, exactly, he really is. You had a you had a rough week because <clears throat> Anunua had zero yards. <laughs> uh, Melvin Gordon left the game halfway through, I think. Yeah. Um, Johnson for Arizona had a pretty good game. He was your best player. Yeah, he can't. But Mike Wallace scored you hardly nothing. <laughs> Anyways, going into this week, 5-3, you're still up. Go ahead and give us your – you won, so go ahead and give us Okay, yours. so this week I'm going to go with Breeze as my quarterback. I'm hoping LeGarrette Blunt does something. He's not going to score three touchdowns, but I'm going to use him for my running back. Odell Beckham and Michael Thomas for New Orleans as my wide receiver. Michael Thomas last week had two fumbles. He had four catches, and two of those were fumbles. So I'm hoping they kind of say, okay, new week, we're going to get you your confidence. Because he's still leading the team in receptions, which is crazy, as a rookie. Uh, Greg Olson, my tight end, and then Jonathan Stewart, his teammate, as my flex. The Giants defense, and then Cairo Santos for Kansas City will be my kicker. I was thinking about Santos as a kicker, just because of what he did last week. But 
Um, okay, so mine's a little different, and uh, <laughs> like I said last week, I normally pick against, um, I, I pick players, whoever's playing the Browns. This week is no different. Like I said earlier, Pittsburgh is playing Cleveland this week. So as a result, I'm picking up Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell. So the holy trinity of the Pittsburgh Steelers offense, I'm going with them. Uh, it's either going to be make or break on that one. I'm either going to win or just get stomped. My other wide receiver, Cam Meredith, since Alshon Jeffrey got busted for uh, ped violation, Meredith has now been bumped up to the number one spot. Hopefully, Jay Cutler doesn't really screw me over on this one. Martellus Bennett is my tight end since Gronkowski more than likely won't play this week after that injury. Isaiah Crowell uh, is my flex going up against that anemic Steelers defense. My defense is Dallas, and my kicker is Adam Vinatieri. Yeah, so. that... <laughs> it's that, make or uh, break this week. That Browns-Pittsburgh game, now I'm going to have to care <coughs> about it for that very reason. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I So I've told you about the King of the Hill thing that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. How far are you now? Uh, there is 122 people left. Ooh, out of how many? Out of 2,250 <sighs> or so. Last week, so I picked the Thursday game. I went Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So while we're talking about there's a King of the Hill pool that I play in, uh, it's $10 for an entry. All you have to do is you pick one NFL game correct each week. People are like, oh, wow, that's so easy. Well, tell me why in week 10 there's 122 yeah, people. Out of 2,000. You get upsets, like last week. Uh, the big upsets last week, there was 30-some people that picked New England over Seattle, which I thought oh, was a little uh, crazy, but Seattle's, Seattle's kind of back. Seattle's hit or miss. You just never know what you're going to get. If it was the them. Seattle at the beginning of the season, yeah, that's an easy one, but... Well, turned it on. And then the other one that almost worked out, 70-some people picked Arizona over San Francisco. Arizona won on a last-second field goal. Yeah. And I was rooting hard for that one because I went on the Thursday game, picked Baltimore. This week, I'm going with New England <coughs> to take care of business against San Francisco. I can't see Tommy Terrific losing two in a row. They do have to travel cross-country. No. But I don't think Tom Brady allows them to lose two games in a row, even with or without Gronk. Um, I, hope, I hate the Patriots, man, but I'm, I'll root for him just so you're, uh, you can continue on with that King of the Hill. Yeah, this is the second furthest I've ever made it. I made it into the playoffs, the NFL playoffs. playoffs. <laughs> the NFL playoffs, uh, my second, first or second year. I always do two injuries. Wait, what's the payout again? I don't remember what the payout was. It's $22,500. <laughs> so it's, yeah, you just, how many As a times? co-host, I have to root for the Patriots <laughs> now. I can't root yeah. against them. So I'm nervous because it's the furthest I've made it minus the first time I did it. They did institute a rule because a lot of times there's been like ties. Like people can split at any time, right? So of the 122 left, if we all unanimously say we're going to split, they'll do that. But last year, I think they split between nine or ten people, and it was about twenty thousand dollars. You can bad. you can split it up however you want. You can say, hey, let's say there's ten people left. You can say, hey, we're all gonna get one thousand dollars, and then we'll play out for the rest of it. Like they let you do it however you want. Oh, that's nice. But everyone has to agree. I'm like, hey, let's <laughs> split right now, baby. I'll take two hundred dollars because for a ten dollar investment, you know, that's that's money. almost a TV for you. Come right. Black Friday. Black Friday, I've been searching, but. Yeah, I, I mean, it's exciting. It's exciting and it's nerve-wracking because I'm watching games. I watched that whole Thursday night NFL game between the Browns and the Ravens oh. just because I picked the Ravens. 
So this week I'll be following along with uh, the uh, Patriots 49ers game. But yeah, interesting. So one other thing before we get into our Thanksgiving talk is NCAA basketball has started back again. Mm -hmm. Now a lot of people, maybe a lot of people who listen to this podcast are like, hey, wake me up when it's March because I do March Madness. That's when most people care about it. But for those of you who do care... NCAA basketball has tipped off. There were some good games over the past couple days. Uh, they did the Carrier Classic. I always like that. That's just a cool That's thing. That's really neat. When I was in Germany, they did they uh, played a game in one of the hangars and at Ramstein. They had tickets available. I didn't want to deal with that crowd because people from all over Europe were coming to watch it. Oh, yeah. But, uh, I, I think it's neat that they do that kind of stuff, and it's it's pretty cool, and it kind of shows their appreciation to the military and all that. Well, yeah, I like that more than the NFL's forced veterans thing. You know, just from a couple years ago, reading the stories where the government gave the NFL money to promote it, like the flag ceremonies. It's like I that turned me off a lot. The NFL is too much of a uh, a business in the sense of trying to make money any way they possibly can, regardless of how bad it sounds. But but yeah, so back to basketball. It it's pretty cool. I'm a I don't. I follow it. I follow the Buckeyes. I try to follow them, and then once it starts to get towards conference tournament time, so I'm probably like a February guy, maybe yeah. January. <laughs> Mainly, you know, I want college football to be over before I can. I can't really follow two college things at the same time. I can follow college football and NFL at the same time because they're kind of the same thing, but it's hard for me to pay attention to uh, both things. Yeah. Um. So yeah, college basketball. I, I love March, and once we get closer to that, we've already talked about a couple creative March Madness things that we can do for brackets, mm-hmm. but exciting. However, what's more exciting is that in just eight days is my personal favorite holiday. I love Thanksgiving so much, but what even if it's not your favorite, I, I'm guessing you probably like the food. <clears throat> At the very oh yeah, least. yeah. So one thing that James and I decided to do was rate uh, or rank our top five favorite foods from Thanksgiving. Well, this <laughs> week is non-dessert edition. Non-dessert, obviously. Because right, next week we're going to talk about desserts because that deserves its whole own <laughs> categorical <deserves> ranking. <laughs> um. So yeah. So this week is uh, like you said, non-dessert foods, and it really got me thinking about all the different foods that you have. Just laying out in front of you for dessert, and it's it's gonna sound crazy, but um, turkey is not my number one. I love turkey. I like deep fried turkey specifically, mm-hmm. but I think my number one. My sister in law makes this, uh, and I think my sister makes it too, and my mom, all of them make it. It's this corn casserole, and every time I don't even know what goes in there, just corn and other goodness. Every time they make that, I could just eat nothing but plates of that and be completely happy with it. But that's my number one. Deep fried turkey is my number two. Green bean casserole is my number three. Mashed potatoes, four. And then stuffing is number five. Now you're going homemade mashed potatoes? Oh, yeah. Or are you homemade. okay with that out of the box? No, I'm okay with it out of the box. But, but on, on Thanksgiving, I would much rather have fresh. You peel the potatoes. You cut the potatoes. You mash potatoes yourself. Those are my favorite. Made with love, Red potatoes, too. I mean, I love red potatoes. <laughs> Wow, that's, that's not a bad list. I, I'm not in love with green bean casserole, but I don't mind it. Yeah. You know, it's, one thing I, I heard is um, 
I don't like mushrooms. I hate them. Oh, I hate them. And too. that's one of the cream of mushroom soup is a big thing for it. Yes. That's the main ingredient. Uh, cream of celery is one thing I've heard is a good substitute yeah. for green bean casserole. And we did that, uh, for, I forget what we made the other day. I think it might have been tuna casserole. But we used cream of celery as a substitute, and it was amazing. 30 years old, and this is the first time I've ever had it like that. So I'll so be my trying num- that soon. My number one, and it only became my number one after I started doing it a couple years ago, <coughs> I started smoking my turkey probably three years ago. Maybe f- this will be f- the fourth year. And if you've never had a smoked turkey, you, you're really missing out. And you're really Definitely. missing out the day after, too. Because that smoke just continues to sit and, and it's kind of like just get flavor in the turkey. The, the problem or the concern for a smoked turkey is you don't want it to be too dry mm-hmm. because the smoke can have a tendency to dry it out. It's, if you do it the right way, it is just so good and you don't need any gravy whatsoever. And that's like, to me, that's the equivalent of making a steak and not using steak sauce or something like that. I don't, it's not that there's anything wrong with using gravy because sometimes people have these homemade gravy recipes that, okay, yep, I'm sold. But I like to do it. Uh, smoked turkey, macaroni and cheese is my number two. Dang, I forgot about mac and cheese. Hands down, when you make that homemade mac and cheese, I don't even need anything else. Give me mac and cheese and turkey, done. Um, <laughs> cream or corn pudding, my number three. It's like, you is might that, think of like cream corn or oh, it's okay. baked into the dish and sometimes... <coughs> I was wondering like, if that was a dessert or we not call like it, pudding. But. Right. We call, call it corn pudding, but it's basically like baked corn or something like that. It's okay. just really, really good. Um, number four is a good mashed potato. I like a good mashed potato. Uh, Do you like great... Like what gravy? White gravy? Brown gravy? Uh, I'm more of a brown gravy person yeah. for my mashed potatoes. And of course I like to build the volcano or the crater like oh, yeah. everybody. You know? I mix my corn with my mashed potatoes. I do too. Yeah, I, I put, I make the hole and then, and I, then put I put the, the corn, corn in the and hole. And then I put the gravy on top of it and let it I build a fort for my corn and then. Well, yeah, you got to defend yeah. your borders. Dang turkey coming after you. Yeah. And then number five, I like a good stuffing is always good or. I actually like asparagus on Thanksgiving. I know that sounds really, really weird. I don't weird. think we have asparagus on Thanksgiving. I don't think it's something my family does, but it, I, it's a different green to try. Well, I just started getting into asparagus for the longest asparagus time. Asparagus is so good. You put some uh, olive oil and some um, Parmesan cheese and throw it in the oven. The best yeah. way to do asparagus, in my opinion. But just talking about all this food gets me really excited. We have a lot of family coming in. Uh, we we have like 30 people coming to my house for Thanksgiving. <laughs> We're hosting. So Emily's stressing as Yeah, I mean, 30 expected. people coming. It's a lot of people. Um, but that's part of the reason why it's my favorite holiday because I'm very fortunate to have a family that all kind of likes each other. <coughs> you know, we like sports. We all, we all do the same thing. We got people coming from Alabama, from Georgia. Whew. Like those are my out-of-town family. They're are all they coming driving up. or flying? The, they are driving. Okay. It's not as bad as it sounds, though. It's only about seven hours. From uh, Alabama? Yeah. Yeah. They live in the very northeastern part of Alabama, and it's a straight shot up 75 or something like that. Oh. Um, so, yeah, this the guest bedroom slash podcast studio will be <laughs> uh, filled next week. Um, yeah, um, just I'm excited for Thanksgiving. So It's going to be good. Another thing I'm excited for, or excited for uh, before Thanksgiving 
Fantastic Beasts and where to find them come it out comes Friday. Out tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow? They tomorrow have midnight night. show, yeah. Is, but I am the more I watch those those previews, the more I'm excited for it. Hearing yeah. that Harry Potter song, that theme music coming on. Right. Are you watching it this weekend? I would love to. I don't I don't know what our, our plans look like. I know she, my wife really, really wants to see it. We're both big Harry Potter fans. Yeah. Um, if we get out and see it in the first weekend, that would be probably a miracle. Next weekend's not out of the question. Got family in town, can help with the kids. Yeah. But And usually that's a big movie-going weekend is Black Friday slash Saturday as well. Um, definitely excited to see it. More excited for Rogue One, but almost equally excited for Harry Potter. It just kind of has come out of nowhere. Like, not a lot of people... I don't think a lot of people, like, even fans of the series, probably really knew what it was. Oh, yeah. Until they kind I of didn't. pushed it a little bit. Yeah. Like, I knew I knew that it was a book that she had uh, written, J.K. Rowling. I had actually read part of that. You can get them from the library. That and The Curse of the uh, Beetle Bard and some of these other books that she did on the side that were in the books but she actually wrote them so i'm excited to see where it goes I, it looks interesting if it entertains me for my money well great. it's a it's supposed to be a five movie series right Is that's that what i've was? heard okay i don't know if they're going to be standalone movies or if they're going to turn into a series i think oh, gosh. i don't know i just hope they do it justice and don't go the way episode one did the Phantom Menace with Star Wars and just kind of ruined things. But it's going to be good. I'm excited. And then I will be watching it this weekend. So I'll be talking about that next week. Yeah. And then next week we'll get into our top five desserts. Oh, Spoiler alert. Pecan pie is number one. But uh, Really? Oh, yeah. That's not even in my top five. Oh, well, that's okay. That We can agree no, I mean, to disagree. I have respect for pecan pie. Plus, we're, we'll talk next week. We're doing a beer exchange. Uh, oh, yeah. At work, beers giving. Call it beers giving. Uh, we're gonna get into that. There's this is the season for beer, uh, in in my opinion, between October and December. That's the best time. To, that's the best styles of beer to have. So we can talk about yeah. that next week. Uh, until then, we'll catch you next time. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for listening to Game Day Geeks. Follow us at facebook.com/slash/gamedaygeeks. Twitter at gdgeeks. Or send us an email, gamedaygeeks at yahoo.com. Find us on SoundCloud or iTunes. And as always, we appreciate your reviews.